All right, we're back on One True Podcast. Uh, with me, as always, is my good friend, John Werner. Johnny, how are we? Hey, Bryce. It's great to have the Austin dudes. Austin the best dudes. podcast of the year. We like, uh, we like having the Austin dudes. We don't know how much longer we'll have them. <laughs> but but uh, Do you know us- something we don't know? <laughs> we're all day to day. Oh my God! Put me on the pup list. Are uh, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles from the Austin American Statesman guys? Thanks for hopping on. You bet. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, so uh, Baylor Texas week. We've got two teams going in opposite directions. Um, Baylor coming off a a two game winning streak. Beat West Virginia at home. Beat BYU at home. They've benefited from some recent home games. Bears up to 16th in the poll right now. Meanwhile, Texas, uh, which was looking, you know, like it was ascending for a while, dropped out of the top 25, lost a couple of games that they probably should have won, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So uh, that said, this still feels kind of like a toss-up game to me personally, uh, and most of that is due to the uh, Horns – explosive offense that uh, keeps them in a lot of games. How do you guys see it? I think it is a toss-up game. I think it's, uh, even though, like you said, their trajectories seem very diverse going in different directions, Texas probably should have beaten both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. They were never in that Arkansas game. Obviously, we know that. So they're sitting there with three losses with, I think, a pretty good team. Uh, a flawed team. Their offensive line is subpar. The defensive line hasn't been nearly as good as I think we thought it would be. And they've just been a, a team that collapses in the second half. It's just inexplicable. So I think, I don't know if I'm breaking news here, but I think Sarkeesian's got a plan for Saturday. They're going to play the first half. They're going at halftime and say, we're playing a second first half. <laughs> there, will, there will be no second half, just two first halves. That'll fix like everything. everything, right, Man, they, they just they just haven't been able to close. And when you look when you look at the talent level on this team, they're way better than four and three. But like Coach Parcells always said, you are what your record says you are. Mm-hmm. And so they're four and three for a reason. And They've spent a lot of time talking about the the mental part of finishing and all of this, but what Kirk and I have witnessed is they've been physically dominated in the fourth quarters of those games by bigger offensive lines, by running backs who they kept under wraps for a while and uh, just haven't played uh, winning football at money time. So uh, we'll see if this bye week has, has helped them. I'm writing about that. This week, we'll see if the bye week has helped them find their finishing gear, their finishing kick, if you will. Uh, but they're up against a really good team in a, uh, I guess, a raucous environment, depending on if Josh Thompson is uh, knows if what's up, what a number three is or, an, or a third. So uh, that's another story altogether. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, I saw that he came out and clarified his comments. Spent total spin cycle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Johnny, 
Well, I will say uh, Baylor had such a good week of practice that they moved up four spots in the poll. <laughs> That's good practice. Yeah, yeah, really good practice. Uh, no, nah, I'm with those guys. I think it's going to be a real toss-up. I think it's a real dangerous game for Baylor. Uh, you know, Texas should have won those last two games. They're a really good team. Um, and, I, you know, just judging from Aranda's comments on Monday, I think he would have rather played last week. Because, uh, you know, they've, they've built a lot of momentum. Uh, they were in a good groove. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if they, they can stay at the same level. But, yeah, I think it's going to be just a, a great back-and-forth game. So here's a great stat for you. Uh, Kirk said, I don't know if y'all saw this when Baylor played BYU, but they had no penalties in that game. I saw that. I saw that. First and no, time- and no turnovers, right? No turnovers, no penalties. I mean, they played a clean game. No, they had one turnover. One turnover, okay. Yeah, interception. Yeah. It's amazing. It's yeah. just, just uh, amazing. It, they played great, and honestly, that um, they were really struggling with turnovers earlier or penalties earlier in the year. So to play a clean game from a penalty standpoint, I mean, I think they are trending in the right direction. Um, they've got a pretty pretty solid defense and a, and a run game when it's going well. Uh, that can, you know, can do a lot of damage. So we'll see how, how the game turns out. I, I mean, I think it's a pick em game as well. So this is the 111th meeting between <laughs> Texas and Baylor. Um, and though uh, the Longhorns dominated it for a long time, it has still produced a lot of memorable moments over the years. And it's been particularly feisty over the last decade or so. <laughs> really, you know, in that Art Briles era, it was pretty good. Um, so what do you guys feel like, you know, do these teams keep playing even after Texas leaves for the SEC? I think yes. And the reason I think so is it's an easy road trip. For the fans, you know, the people from Dallas and the people from Austin, the people from Houston, they can converge on Waco to see their horns play a, a traditional Big 12 slash SWC rival. And um, I, I could I could see that being one of the first three games of the season. Also, it wouldn't surprise me if they they played tech also. But I, I know I know that I think that Baylor just seems to make a lot of sense. I know Texas Tech kind of unilaterally announces that Texas and Tech are going to play the next 25 years, and Texas went, uh, hold See on. about to- that. Um. <laughs> Check you on that. So, but I do think, like said, said, I think they want to keep, you know, those rivalries and those games uh, on their schedule. Now, I really couldn't see them playing Baylor and Texas Tech and then a Rice or a UTEP, but, you know, I would think they would sprinkle in a Baylor, a Texas Tech, uh, maybe a TCU, and play there. Oh, no, not TCU. How <laughs> many problems? With, they have too many problems with TCU. Hey, Sparks 1-0. and 1-0 against TCU. So <laughs> I do think that's, that that are good good rivalries. And like said, said, you know, you're playing SEC home games. Tickets are going to be hard to come by. So if you play a, a, a game in close proximity like Waco, your fans, you know, might – be able to go and travel since it's, you know, just a two hour drive up the road. I had one question about the no penalties against uh, that was against the West Virginia or BYU. BYU. 
BYU. So I assume there were no Big 12 refs because they get paid by the flag. <laughs> so there must have been uh, independent refs or something like that. <laughs> Probably a good guess. Um, you know, I got I got blasted by a reader for for calling that a garbage call. Me too. And they was actually, he sent the rule to me, and it's yeah. in the rule. I go, uh, it said if he alters his stride, did he? He slowed down into uh-huh. little, just a pre-celebration mode. He, he didn't even swivel his hips. <laughs> Those guys, that crew should be set. That is, <laughs> man, there are livelihoods on the line here. And Iowa State's playing for a Big 12 championship, and you pull that crap? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. I just thought that was Bush. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It was, it was. But this yeah, is a well, great rivalry. I think, what's the uh, record? Baylor's like five and six. Last eleven games against Texas, and mm-hmm. yeah. you know, of course, two years ago we were reminiscing Monday about two years ago when Texas ventured into Waco. We know that is the headbutt game when uh, Tom Herman went crazy and was headbutting his uh, defensive lineman <laughs> in, in, in the pregame huddle, and it obviously worked because Texas <laughs> scored a field goal for the first fifty-nine minutes and <laughs> fifty-nine seconds. So obviously, Longhorns were very motivated. <laughs> Not sure yeah, Tom they scored Herman a touchdown. Is... They got the participation trophy at the end. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure Tom Herman has recovered from that hit, but yeah. <laughs> uh, Johnny, you feel like this rivalry continues? Well, I think it's going to be a long time down the road. Uh, Baylor's got, let's see, 25-26. They have Auburn on schedule. Uh, Oregon, 27-28. So I'm going to say maybe in the – 2030 sometime maybe uh now you know they hadn't played AM since then since uh 10 years ago 2011 so I- i'm gonna say sometime but probably farther down the road yeah i don't feel like this is a situation like a and mm-hmm. uh where i mean i i feel like there are hard feelings you know from these from the schools that are still in the big 12 uh but you know, I don't feel like it'll be a Texas A&M situation where they, uh, you know, just go their separate ways and, you know, never, yeah. want, never want to play again, it seems you like. You know, I, I think they'd play each other in other sports so because they've got a good rivalry, men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, uh, tennis. I, I, I would like to think they will continue to, to play each other in some of those other smart sports, so kind of keep the connection between the schools. But like you said – there's hard feelings and those aren't going away. I know uh, Bob Bowlesby has like a voodoo doll, a longhorn voodoo doll. <laughs> in every night. And, uh, but, he, but he's over it. He, he doesn't hold it. Oh yeah. He's over it. He's, <laughs> he's over it. I'm just, I'm just waiting on someone to, to, to be on their way to the end zone and flash that horns down and, and watch those refs swallow those flags and not, not call anything. Yeah. That's that what I'm happen. waiting on. That could happen. Maybe Saturday. Well, well, let's dig into this a little deeper. Obviously, you know, we've all written about it. We've all talked about it a lot. I mean, it's been kind of the big story of of the year. Texas and OU bolting for the SEC. Um, So I called it a cash grab in a column when when it first happened. Uh, And obviously, it makes a lot of sense for the Sooners and the Longhorns from a financial perspective, as well as stability and prestige sec ain't going anywhere uh but that said we we also know that texas hasn't exactly lit it up 
in recent years in terms of the win loss record. Um, Come on, they won a title in 09. Oh, on. yeah, that's true. <laughs> How'd you uh, forget that, Bryce? They need to bring Colt McCoy back. He ain't walking <laughs> through that door. Uh, so is this a zero sum game for UT with with unless Sark can get them, you know, winning with a little more frequency? Well, I understand why they went. Texas is very financially strapped. <laughs> they clearly need the money. So, uh, you know, I, I think a huge part of it is that uh, Texas and Oklahoma both felt they carried the league. They carried the banner, at least in uh, brand name and reputation. I think that was part of it. And just season uh, ticket sales, I think, uh, figured into it too. And I think Oklahoma's felt the same way. Well, we got Kansas coming in. Well, who you got next week? Well, West Virginia. It doesn't excite or electrify the, the fan base as AM has found when you've got an Alabama coming in. And then next week you got Florida. Oh, in two weeks you got LSU. So it's about money. It, it's like you said, Bryce, it's about stability, it's about exposure. It's like wanting to rub shoulders with, with the, the big crowd. You know, they are the Joneses, remember? Mm. And even though they're not playing like the Joneses, you know, uh, off the field, they think they're the Joneses. So I, I hate it for all the relationships that we have in the Big 12 and with sports writers like you guys. And, and that's probably what I'll miss as much as anything. But uh, you're still going to be here. You're not retiring. You never know. I said it's out there. We're day to day. I think Bryce wants to retire. Both of us said. <laughs> Uh, pick a number. <laughs> so get, in, what do you get think? in line on that one. Um, I think it's. Um, I, I think. I think it's um, not hypocritical, but kind of sad that they say they want to go compete at a higher level. Not even winning here mm. in football, Texas. So you think you're gonna go win over there now? You're not. Right. Not not for a while. So uh, that's a money grab. That's about dollars. It's not, it's not about any kind of grandiose winning, um, romantic, romantic winning thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, we can't. Uh, we, we're leaving, and now we're going to go beat uh, Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, and Aggie. We're going to beat them consistently. It just, come on, come on. They could have stayed here another 25 years. And sure, other the super conferences were going to come at come try to poach, but if they wanted to, Texas and OU could have stayed. And if Texas really wants to win a big uh, a national football championship, they would have stayed in the Big Twelve because all you got to do is beat Oklahoma. You know you're going to be in the conference championship game. You're good enough to beat OU. You're usually going to be good enough to win the Big Twelve. So um, the fans know they they may be pseudo excited about moving over to the SEC, but they know that it's a much bigger minefield now. And the chances of them winning a national championship have been diminished severely. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, In fact, you know, I also feel like it doesn't make a lot of sense for OU either, just because uh, obviously the the Sooners have won, Uh, you know, they've sort of dominated the big 12 in recent years, but and so you would think they'd go into the SEC and still be able to compete, and I, I do think they will. But at the same time, with this 12-team playoff coming, 
I think they could have stayed in the Big 12 and just rolled out of bed and been in the playoff every year. I mean, <laughs> I agree. Know, I agree. They're in it more often than not uh, with a four-team playoff. So. Yeah, from the competitive standpoint, it doesn't make any sense at all. Right. Really I mean, OU's won six straight, and they're the only undefeated team in the Big 12 this year. So, I don't know. Maybe Texas just dragged them along, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> it Maybe. seems like a weird marriage. I got to ask y'all about this. Uh, The esteemed Bob Bowlesby uh, did not attend Texas OU. He was in Waco that day. Was that, (laughs) was, was, was it just some kind of thing where, you know, Waco, Dallas, why wasn't he at the Texas OU game? Bitter much? Yeah. Yeah, You see the Texas sports hall of fame, Cedric. Yeah, no doubt. I, re- I highly recommend. That's a nice spot. I highly recommend. He even did a little media while he was here. It was, uh, yeah. And Bowlesby's uh, rubbing, you know, he's rubbing shoulders with all the teams that stuck around. That's for sure. You know, <laughs> I think he I'm not mad play. at him. Yeah. I did write, and, I, and, I, and I, I know he's mad at me, but I did write. I go, if he was a stock car racer, we, we, we'd probably be calling him Richard Petty. But, um, <laughs> I don't think he liked that line. Uh, he doesn't read us, Ed. He doesn't read us anymore. Cool. Oh, 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 yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. So, oh, hey, I got a question for you guys. How good is Baylor? Is Baylor a top 15 team, or are they for real? I know they're in top 25 scoring offense, scoring defense, one of only four power five teams. Do you guys – and are there similarities from the 2019 Baylor team? Y'all see Johnny, what do you think? Yeah, I I think there are, Kirk. Uh, their defense is getting a lot better. Um, they've had 11 sacks the last two games. Um, before that, they only had six sacks. Wow. So uh yeah, they're and uh Gary Bohannon's just a, a great leader on offense. He's uh he's a real vocal guy, you know, he's a real encouraging kind of guy. He's he's become a better, it's amazing how much better a passer he is from when he got here. Uh, and he makes good decisions. Uh, you know, he's only thrown one interception, that one against BYU. Oh. Uh, their offensive line is, <clears throat> excuse me, has gotten a lot better. Uh, I think it's their best goal line since 2015. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ebner and Smith are a really good running back duel. They're real physical. And I think they're pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I think they're definitely a top 25 level, level team. Yeah, I don't know if top 15 or not. Um, they It breaks this way every every other year for Baylor in terms of the schedule. They've got OU at home. they got Texas at home. Uh, you know, they had Iowa State here. Um, so, you know, the schedule, schedule is favorable for yeah. Baylor, but, you know, you still have to go out and win games. Mm-hmm. And I do agree with John that they've they've gotten better, or you know, as the year has has progressed. They had a weak non-conference schedule, and so we didn't really know who they mm-hmm. were uh, after non-conference. But to me, you know, Johnny referenced it, but the biggest transformation is on the O line because even in 2019, when they made the Sugar Bowl, the O line stunk. Uh, and and now, this- Charlie had at least five concussions. <laughs> <laughs> he was running for his life his entire career uh, at Baylor. That bowl game, that bowl game hit. I'll never forget that one. Yeah. Oh my god. I was like, he may, he may be done playing football. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was that was just scary. But they brought in scary. Eric Mateos, O line coach from BYU, and 
you know, he's quickly um, made a difference. And right. they, they look night and day better on the O-line. And, and mm-hmm. you know, that was an underrated element of those Bryles-Baylor teams. You know, they had Robert Griffin and all the running backs and receivers and stuff, but they had some big old hosses in the in the line, like, you know, Cyril Richardson and Spencer Drango and, you know, guys that got drafted. And, um, and that, you know, that's where you win football games. And so I think Baylor's getting it done there. And, um, you know, they're trending in the right direction. Um, you know, this game, I, I think, will be kind of an interesting litmus test on Saturday. So. See, that's where Bears got a huge edge offensive line. Texas is very subpar. They lost a veteran, Denzel Okafor. They got a couple of basically redshirt freshmen, you know, starting. Uh, Derek Kerstetter supposed to be their best offensive lineman, but he's playing right tackle. He's he can. That's play. a red flag right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I don't know, Sid. Don't you think maybe the O line, D line, the biggest differences between these two teams? Absolutely, and that's where usually where the game is won. Texas going to have to try to win it with with uh, better skill people, and Baylor's no slouch at those positions as well. Um, uh, Casey Thompson's had a really good year. Um, but people have gotten after him lately, and he's been running for his life lately. Bijan Robinson, I think, is the best running back in the league, and it's a running back with good run. It's a league with very good running backs, so mm-hmm. I don't say that lightly. So um, they've been able to open up some holes for him, but uh, they've been averaging pass protection, particularly late in games, and they don't maul you. Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of Bijan Robinson's best runs are because he's special, yeah. not because he's. Uh, running behind a great offensive line. Yeah. Be be kind of interesting to see what he could do with Baylor's line, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, guys, this is an unusual fact, but uh, Baylor's beaten two top 25 teams this year, Iowa State and BYU. Right. Uh, Rule did not have a win over a top 25 team. Really? That I know. Was, I, we we couldn't like, believe that. that. Yeah. Wow. What he was went the record? He went to the Sugar Bowl and did beat a top 25 team. Oh, what, what was his record? He like 0 6 or something like that? Yeah, probably. I, I don't know for sure. That but is uh, surprising. That's, that's a strange surprising. fact. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> oh. Well, I, I think Dave Rand is doing a hell of a job. And I still think Sarkeesian, you know, is a good hire. I think he's just got a very flawed roster. It's going to take a couple of recruiting seasons to kind of, you know, fix what ails them. Uh, Casey Thompson, junior quarterback, he's got another year. Bijan's a sophomore tailback, he's got another year. But he's he's just got to beef up the two lines, I think. Because I don't know, they just don't. Say I don't know if, if you'd agree with me, but they just don't have difference makers on either side of the ball, other than a Bijan Robinson and this freshman receiver Xavier Worthy, who who I think is a beast. He's a star. And Demarion Overshaw, their linebacker, who's just a jackrabbit, runs sideline to sideline. But other than those three said, I mean, do they have a difference maker? No, average, average, average lines. We thought, we really thought at the beginning of the year that the defensive line would would carry this wa- the water for the defense. Their most experienced unit. They had some some really uh, experienced big guys uh, coming back. They haven't. They haven't affected the opposition like we thought that they would, and so uh, the the secondary has been very below average. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw those big plays they gave up against OU, and so 
Um, you know, it's you know, it's it's a good team, but it's not a great team. Uh, we I think Kirk did we both pick them to go eight and four. I thought he went nine and three. I think I think I had eight and four in one poll, nine and three in another. Homer, Homer. Yeah. <laughs> you really picked them to go. I They've I only got, got three I had at eight and four, and it, and that doesn't feel right now. I mean, seven and five seems more likely. I you really think they're going to go to? You think they're going to go to Ames and Morgantown and win both of those games? Morgan. They haven't accounted to themselves. They haven't. They haven't won a. They haven't won a game away from DKR yet, have they? Yeah, TCU. Just TCU. That's it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, those Waco, Ames, and Morgantown. That's tough. That's a tough triple right there. I, I, I'm, I'm not picking them to sweep that series. No way. You know, the interesting thing is we everybody's talking about finishing games and doing better in the fourth quarter, and 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 the Texas coaches have stressed that. So it's like they keep saying, "Well, it's mental. It's mental. We're not in our right gaps." And I don't know. I think said and I go. Yeah, it looks like a lot physical too. Looks like you're getting whipped, <laughs> you know. And I think that's kind of. I don't know if that's coddling or what, but it's like you're getting your ass whipped in the second half. So maybe conditioning is a factor, you know. I mean, who really knows? But if you play tired, you're not nearly as good. So, uh, and they don't seem to have a lot of depth. They don't have a lot of backups that, you know, they're playing 20 guys on defense, that sort of thing. So, right. Yeah. But it's all mental. <laughs> it's all mental. <laughs> Uh, well, so I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Uh, so, you know, with us being sports writers, we always like to talk about food, um, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of how we always close here on our podcast. I don't know, uh, what y'all do down there in Austin, but yeah, it says like, bring it, bring it, uh, bring all that food talk, but I've been eating today. I'm dying. You <laughs> <laughs> just got up, Seth. <laughs> oh, I know, but Give I'm always time. between meals, John. Give him okay. time. So, with uh, with Texas leaving the SEC, I presume we're going to see a little less of you guys. That's kind of sad for us. But uh, what what Big Twelve food city stop restaurant? You know, will you guys kind of miss the most? And what are you looking forward to in the SEC? Uh. Me personally, uh, the catfish at George's is mm. really good, oh, okay, and the chicken fried steak. But I've, nice. I've been I've been on the catfish the last couple of times I've been, and of course the that the corn dogs in Dallas won't change because they'll use going. So um, I've only been in West Virginia a couple of times, and we stay in Pittsburgh. I want no part of Morgantown. So um, I think <laughs> that would probably be it. Waco the the uh, catfish at George's. Yeah, West Virginia, like said, said we stay in Pittsburgh, eat at Mike Ditka's restaurant on Friday night. But yeah, I've always got a soft spot in my heart for the 50 yard line in Lubbock, you uh, know, and it's not. Remember how they used to do that up for us? No, oh, my God. Yeah. No, the press Man, that was so classy. They would take us out for steak. Yeah. What happened to that? <laughs> I think we ate too much. They finally, it hurt the budgets. I mean, now they're firing coaches in midseason. So I think we. <laughs> We blew the budget, but you remember those Matt Wells just, uh, I think he's picking up a shift at the 50 yard line. I <laughs> uh, love those cheese muffins. And yeah. Those, those little muffins. Oh, that was oh fantastic. They were good. Man, tech, that, that's a class operation. 
Yeah. Classy, classy, yeah. classy. No I mean, you know, it's funny. I don't know if you guys have been to many SEC outposts, but uh, I went to uh, a good friend of mine, Larry Carlson, and I went to uh, see my son when he lived in Atlanta. We stopped at barbecue in Tuscaloosa, a place called Dreamland. I don't know if you – it's supposed to be really famous and everything. Mm-hmm. It was it was okay. It was good, but uh, – yeah, so yeah, Alabama barbecue. Get, yeah. I'm all over that. Yeah, we're whatever. We're so spoiled in Texas. So, uh, yeah, but, we are. We live in Texas, sir. Yeah, yeah we live in Texas. We got some good food in Texas. And, uh, I mean, well, so you'll be back in College Station occasionally. Uh, they got a great burger place there. I don't know if you've ever been to Copy Bridge. No. Copy Bridge is amazing burger. So, uh, okay. that's a great spot in College Station. Um, didn't I just drink beer at the Dixie Chicken? So, <laughs> I don't know, dog. I, you know, <laughs> I don't know about the Dixie chicken for a brother. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, a little bit too much Dixie. They had me a chicken, chicken, but then when they put chicken. that Dixie in front, yeah. <laughs> no. Nope. All right. Well, if you don't make it to George's on Saturday, head over to Guest Barbecue. Uh, you know, Texas Monthly just came out with its barbecue list, and it, it's on there. Uh, I think it's, it. I think it's the second time it's been on there. It's a nice. relatively new place, but man, it's it's good barbecue. I mean, yeah, where, nice. is it located? where is it? It's uh, it's on uh, Franklin Avenue. So okay, cool. Going going toward the old Trib Building. You know, we we're, we moved now, so we downsized. But uh, we even have oh, hey, so are we? Yeah, <laughs> we're oh, there you go. But. Uh, Looking forward to seeing you guys on Saturday, and uh, thanks for hopping on with us. And uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll hopefully see you down the road. I don't know if Texas will make it to twenty twenty four or whatever they're supposed to do, but <laughs> we'll see. So it's been a been a little slice of heaven. Love you guys. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it.